Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Cody from the Trail Chasers podcast somehow broke through security with his Toyota and will be crashing the show. <laughs> this week in Jeep, we'll hear about a sacrificial Jeep left as an offering to Hurricane Dorian, and we have a dumb criminal story with an interesting twist. In Wrangler Talk, Tammy talks about getting her Wrangler ready for the Adams Extreme Adventure. Nikki G calls in and, well, he's in interesting form. And we've got a whole bunch more show coming up, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never read anything but Jeeps, the show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Black Jeeps. Jeeps. <laughs> hey, I'm Tony, and I've wheeled a black diamond trail once, and not in my Jeep. Hello, my fellow Jeeper. I'm Josh, and I'll be your podcast host for the duration of the show. Unless the nice young men in the clean white coats come to take me away. Ha ha. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. And you know what? I think I'm going to be inventing some new curse words this October. How is that possible? I mean, that's a hell of a vocabulary thing that you got going on there. Yeah, just just Black Bear Pass. That's all I have to say. (laughs) It's closed, Tammy. It's closed. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Has Mother Nature given you cause to board up the house and put water wings on the dachshund? From duct tape to flotation devices, Amazon has exactly what you need. And right now, you can help support the show just by shopping on Amazon.com. Go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and press the big Amazon button there. That will whisk you away and drop you right onto Amazon's site. While there, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents while costing you absolutely nothing more. If you like what you hear, have gotten any benefit from what we're doing, well then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. Hey, and thanks in advance. Well, natural disasters and Jeeps are pretty synonymous with one another. We've told countless stories over the years of people using their Jeep to help others in need after and even during storms and other tragic events. We've even heard of a Jeep surviving a tornado that all but flattened the house in the garage that it was parked in. Jeeps and disasters go hand in hand like Jeep did during the war. Except this story of a Jeep and Mother Nature has a lesson in common sense attached to it for all of us. If you've been on the web in the last, oh, I don't know, 24 hours as we record this, Hurricane Dorian is poised off the U.S. coastline, ready to attack. And it is, was on one particular beach, that is, that a Jeep owner made some very poor decisions. (laughs) Storm watching is great. Trust me, if, if you are landlocked and haven't seen the ocean in a while, it's even more impressive when the seas are angry and the surf is high. But when under evacuation orders, driving your Jeep out onto the beach that's about to be struck by winds over 125 miles per hour is not necessarily a good idea in the least. You see, there's this thing called storm surge. It's basically when the strong winds from a large storm, tropical depression, or a hurricane push the water further up the shoreline than ordinarily would go during a high tide and creates large swells and tall surf and all that other stuff. In other words, extremely dangerous conditions and those which should not be taken lightly. Certainly not so lightly that you'd think it a good idea to drive your stock Grand Cherokee out onto the beach and into the water. Uh. But that's just what this one person did on Myrtle Beach this week, right before a hurricane lands. 
The images and Twitter videos are going utterly viral as we watch this person's nice, clean, maroon Grand Cherokee all but get swallowed by the surging stormwaters. Bystanders take advantage of the situation and despite the rough waters and strong winds, climb onto the stranded and abandoned Jeep to take selfies. <laughs> Look, I, I have about as much of an adventurous spirit as the next guy, and anyone who knows me knows I love a good adrenaline rush, but there's a difference between being brave and being stupid, and I think if you see the images and videos for yourself, you'd agree there's plenty of the latter going around in this situation by multiple parties. By the time you hear this, the Jeep is likely completely buried in the sand or has been drug out to sea. In any event, Our I'm sure that all that... Yeah, I'm sure all that plastic motor oil and gasoline will be good for the beach. I wonder if in like 30 years, some pasty beachgoer with too much sunscreen on his nose and a metal detector is going to have the find of his life. I, I just have to make one correction. It's not maroon. It was a red Jeep. Well, okay. <laughs> I was giving Tony the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's yeah, a shade of I, red. I, would, I just was on Facebook right before this, and I'm like, what the hell? Everybody's like tagging me in these posts and I'm like, what what was he thinking? Yeah, it's it's all over social media. Oh, I mean it's, it's taking horrible. over the it's... web right now. You can't type in Jeep in a Google search and not come up with an image of this guy's Grand Cherokee in the surf. So I mean it's it's definitely an exercise in stupidity. Uh, certainly no common sense was being used at this point in time when the person thought it'd be a good idea to go out on the beach right before a hurricane. So take this as a lesson, people. Um, you know, I don't know if Myrtle Beach area is under evacuation orders, uh, but nonetheless, don't drive your Jeep out onto the beach right before a hurricane. Just, you know, common sense and all that. Yeah. Now, I'll say that it's better that it happened there than in California, because the Californians would have been trying to push it back out into the water, roll it oh, back God. out in the water. <laughs> we got to save it. <laughs> Now, I have to credit Fox News, of all outlets, uh, for reporting on something near and dear to my heart. Auto theft. <laughs> and the fact that this story takes place in my own backyard, nevertheless, no. is even more reason for me to share this. Now, especially since there's a little karma involved in all this. Now, it was this week that a story broke out about an Oregon man who had his Jeep stolen. Something we hear about all too often. We also hear, and not often enough, is just how stupid some of these thieves can be. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, for a little while now, then you will likely know that I've been a victim of auto theft five different times. And thankfully, it was only my daily driver and not my beloved Jeep. But you'd also undoubtedly know that my, uh, about my undying love for stupid criminal stories. <laughs> and these Jeep thieves thankfully fit the bill perfectly. Now, these guys made a major mistake. They got a little trigger happy and decided to take multiple selfies throughout their escapades. Oh Look, God. leaving behind a well-documented pictorial string of evidence is what I call a blatant example of stupid criminals, and I'm loving every word of this. Joe Williams' 1995 Jeep, Grand Cher or Greek Jeep Cherokee XJ was stolen last month from outside his home in Portland, Oregon. Just a week later, police contacted him after finding the vehicle, engine running, and windshield wipers still going. Once Joe got his Jeep back, he discovered several odd items belonging to the car thieves, including a stuffed bear, a tattoo gun, ink and rubber gloves, as well as various tools that were likely used to break into his Jeep to begin with. Getting the whole family involved and cleaning up after the thieves, something that is oftentimes more common than you'd think, one of Joe's teenage kids found a disposable camera in the glove box the family had completely <laughs> forgotten about. Interested in what memories might have still been on the camera, the children sent it out to be developed. Well, I think you can guess what was developed. 
Much to his surprise, along with family pictures, William saw several selfies of the suspect uh -oh. sitting inside his vehicle. Just how stupid do you have to be to leave pictures of yourself in the vehicle that you stole? Now, one image shows a crazy-looking female screaming into the camera lens. Another pic shows a young tattooed man sitting in the driver's seat enjoying a drink while his buddy in the passenger seat is being entertained by something on a phone. The owner of the Jeep, Joe, is, of course, interested in finding out who these individuals are and shared the images on Nextdoor, the local neighborhood website, with the caption, Anyone recognize these Einsteins? Joe said in a press release that while several people thought they recognized the thieves, he is not planning on turning the images over to the police to pursue any charges. Which is a damn shame if you ask me. Clearly, these punks need a lesson in respecting other people's property. The Jeep's older than dirt, said Joe. When I bought my new vehicle, I was going to trade it in, but the dealer only offered me 65 bucks oh for it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Despite the dealer's lowball offer, Joe is going to hold on to his Jeep for now, and hopefully those thieves won't be holding on to their freedom for very much longer. So you, you got to wonder that there was some conversation. Okay, okay, take the picture, but you may <laughs> damn sure you take that camera when we leave. <laughs> well, it, it's like those, those uh, videos or stories that you hear on the news about stupid idiot you know criminals you know that's why they're criminals because they're stupid i i guess so it's it's just amazing to me uh i would not have been as nice i don't care if the thing was oh, only yeah, worth ten dollars no. you can't allow people to continue to to, to do those things no. it, it's a disservice to the public in general uh percent now because they're going to do it again now, if you find uh, Joe's posts on, on uh, I think it was Twitter that he had posted uh, the most of this stuff. If you find this stuff on Twitter, please look it up because the comments are absolutely golden <laughs> on this. So I, I spent several minutes just scrolling through the comments laughing my ass off. So uh, it definitely worth a, worth a search and a, and, a, and a scroll if you guys uh, you know are up to it. Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we definitely want to hear what you have to say. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. And coming up a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Cody from the Trail Chasers podcast. So you guys know, uh, I think we spoke about it last time on uh, the last episode, episode 400. Uh, we started a new survey, and of course that just uh, got everybody really excited because everybody loves doing oh, surveys. I know, they just <laughs> love our surveys. But we have had several uh, people take our survey. and Already? Uh, oh, yeah. And it's been I, like out for a, only a week. Yeah, well, and really, they really appreciate it. the question, no more surveys. Yes. <laughs> How many surveys would you like to do a year? And please be honest. Right. So anyway, I thought we would uh, some of these uh, answers there was uh, another uh, available and we had some uh, interesting uh, other entries that were added into oh, the survey boy. so I thought it'd be fun to uh, I uh, thought we told uh -oh. Nikki G he could only do this once <laughs> that's right so one of the the first questions we have here is how did you learn about our show and of course we've got like uh, Facebook Instagram YouTube Twitter and do you know that the majority of the people uh, found it doing an internet search well, I'll be darned. It's not what I would have expected. I mean, literally one for Facebook and all the other social uh, media stuff, nothing. Zero. Now, yep. uh, we're like everybody's little secret, Tony. This is <laughs> yes, dirty little secret. Thank we we got to up our secrets. SEO. And, we get higher on the search. Yeah, maybe we should uh, Maybe we should be pre-lubed like uh, uh, trail chasers. Uh, so I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, so internet search was number one. And then uh, there was uh, somebody put in, a friend told me, 
uh, podcast app search, uh, Google Podcast, which that's great to hear. Oh, yeah. One apparently so secretive they didn't actually label it. <laughs> so what how, how they were, but there was one uh, Stitcher podcast app. And I thought this one was interesting, Reddit. So apparently there is some oh, post on Reddit about us. So uh, the another question that was asked is, how likely are you to tell a friend about our show? And <laughs> that was uh, not likely to uh, most likely. And the overwhelming majority was a five. We really appreciate that, uh, which is the, uh, the most likely. Um, so uh, this one I thought was kind of an interesting question. Uh, I listened to the show for one equals only tech, 10 equals only entertainment, and five would be both equally. And by far, it is an even match between entertainment and, and technical information, which to me is wonderful. Well, hitting we it, always say we, we bring the infotainment. So, yeah, yeah. hitting it, I think we hit the nail on the head, at least from the way people are doing the survey. And uh, this one was pretty funny. Uh, where do you listen to the show? And uh, 58% was driving to and from work. Uh, oh, darn. While doing chores was uh, 17.6%. Uh, while at work was 118 And then uh, sitting on the back porch, smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Yes! <laughs> yes! And uh, this is the best one, and I think it, this is Nikki G. Uh, during my daily probings. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Lord. That, yeah. Well, you need a little distraction for that, you know. Oh, anything to take your mind off, I always say. So, uh, anyway, we have uh, <laughs> we have this survey running. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com, and uh, you can just scroll down there. You'll see the little survey thing. It's a little, uh, looks like a little clipboard with a green check mark. Just click that icon, and it'll take you over there and do our survey. And uh, please, be honest. We could do a, a family, um, family feud. Survey says. Survey says. Give me a little kiss first. Right on the lips. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we're picking up where we left off in the last episode. We will be continuing with our break talk. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Look, we all have urges every now and again, and (laughs) if you've ever had an urge to wrap yourself in Jeep Talk Show merchandise, well, now you can. All you have to do is head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store. And you'll find T-shirts, iPhone and Android cases, all sorts of stuff. And it's all sporting the official Jeep Talk Show logo. If you get some Jeep Talk Show sh- goodies, well, be sure and share pictures on social media. We'd love to see you sporting our goods. Yeah, and if you don't want them published, we certainly won't. We'll just enjoy them ourselves. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, <laughs> shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. So I'm getting, Tony and Josh, I'm getting my Wrangler ready for my Adam's Extreme Adventure with Neil. Jeep Mama and Neil's Adam's Extreme Adventure. And um, last week I talked about the TAT Trail, the Trans-America Trail. And I've talked with Sam and we uh, we went over all that. And I got the maps. So I'm looking at the maps. And uh, this is a real quick sidebar. Who's Sam? So, uh, Sam Cor- Correro. He is the original um, Trans America Trail. Um, what would you call it? The Discoverer. guy who put the map together. The the yes. guy. The, the one. The map. He spent ten person. years tracking um, all the dirt roads and trails in America, and he put all the maps together. He has a website, the TAT Trail. It's the original trail. So we got his maps and. Um, Jamie, um, I'm sorry to sorry to interrupt one more time. <laughs> yeah, go right. 
No, I, I know this is funny to, to Tony and everything because we keep interrupting you, but, um, but no, this is fine. serious. Serious though. Uh, last week you were talking about the maps. In fact, we talked quite a bit about those maps and and how they, um, you know, where they come from, what goes into them, and everything. And the fact that you have to buy those maps and there's different packages and all that other stuff. How many maps did you end up having to get in order to do oh, your trip? My and well, yeah, that's what I was wondering because it looks like you would have to buy. I mean, a half a dozen at the very least. If you're going to oh, do way any way. part of the TAT trail. Right. And, you know, he has done, he has spent 10 years of his life doing this. And his, these are all 90%, I would say, dirt roads. Uh, but, yeah, I have, like, just let's say North Carolina, for example. That's 500 miles in North Carolina wow. of dirt roads. And um, part of the trail, I'm pretty sure from what Neil explained to me, is the Dragon's Tail, which is, I think he said there are 314 loops, or what did he he calls them? Anyway. Switchbacks? So it's, yeah, it's it's very, it's very ex extensive. It's very, um, I mean, it, it's a lot to find dirt roads in America, you know, because roads have been paved. Anyway, so I've been, you know, going over the maps. Actually, so Neil and I have the maps from West Virginia, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, I think it's Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma. I might be missing a state or two here to Colorado. And what then we kind of stopped. Of, what format did you get the maps in? I'm sorry to interrupt again because I know there's no, like two right. or three different ways that you can get the maps. I know one of them is an actual hard copy of the map, an actual paper copy of the right. map. And I know... Uh, you can get like a like a, a roll like the KMZ files, and I, I think you can get the right. stuff delivered on a thumb drive too. So I mean, yep. all sorts of different ways you can get it. Which way did you end up getting your maps? So I'm very old fashioned. I like to have something that I can hold in my hands. I have actual the actual maps, which they are like the blown up uh, maps, not cuts, just like Amy. your state map with just the roads, because these are dirt roads. Like for Mississippi, for example, these are like really, really backwoods dirt roads that we were going through in Mississippi. So I, they're like the way the blown up maps, like blown up even county wise. Um, so just the the maps of this the specific trail, and then it's called a roll chart, and it's like at blah 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 longitude and blah 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 latitude for point. Oh, seven miles, you're going to go down this road. And then there's like a little, this is mostly for motorcyclists. And it's like a, a um, it's a roll chart um, device that you would put. It's like a, probably like a one and a half inch wide. And it's kind of like a receipt tape. Oh, and you interesting. Put it in this thing. Yeah. Because on the motorcycle, you Not know, a lot you, of room. Yeah. Right. And so you like roll through like, okay, at point, you know, 5.9 miles, I have to turn left on blah, blah, blah road or turn left at wherever. Cause some of these probably aren't really marked. So I'm going to buy the roll chart device and put it in. And then we have the hard copy of the maps. And, um, I just like to have the visual map and I'm going to, you know, have my phone with the GPS, the Google Maps or whatever, so I can see what's all around me. Um, so, and yes, you have to pay for these maps, but he, I mean, just the 
the hours he put in making these maps and highlighting them. And he has little special notes on them. Like, you know, he has, you know, Joe Smith in Colorado at, and I can't remember the, the place. It's like his little hideaway cabins. Call him and you can stay here with him. He'll help you out. Or there's hotels here at this mile marker and he just helps you along. There's gas here, you know, so you know what you're doing. They're very, very good and efficient. And it's very helpful because he's done all the work. And, and so, I'll just mention, you went uh, over all the maps last episode, right, Tammy? So if, if people wanted to get more details on those maps, they could just go back to yes. episode 400? Yes. And it's just, it's the original Trans-American Trail. And don't let these other websites fool you because... They are not the original trail, and they'll take you to places where you should not be going. So listen to last week's episode, and you'll get that. But as I'm going through these maps, I'm going over the Colorado maps, and right there on the map is Black Bear Pass. Of course. Oh, my God. For the past three days, I have been (laughs) anxiety-ridden, and I have made the mistake of looking up Black Bear Pass on YouTube. Oh. I mean, I've seen it before. I, I'm i like praying to God there's a blizzard in October. Now you psyched yourself. No, you got to I do am. this. I You've know. got to do I it. Know. Just, I am. just convert your vehicle to a, uh, a right-hand oh. drive vehicle so you can be close to the cliff as you're going down. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> I'm going to have to wear one of those horse blinders. Oh, I thought you were going to say depends. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> and that, that's where my reference is, new swear words. I am, okay, I can't even talk about it anymore because I'm so freaked out. But so you got plenty of room. Fortunately, you're going to have a bed in the, the back of the Jeep, so you can always oh, uh, lay down and take a nap when you're, you know, oh, to, to relax. My oh, my God. I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but okay, moving right along. So I'm getting my Wrangler ready. For this adventure, I took my back seats out and I have the guys in the wood shop building me a platform. Um, and it's a wood platform. It's called Pluma Ply, which we use in the elevator business. Um, it's kind of like plywood, but it's really lightweight. And that's going to go across where my rear seats were. And I'm going to have little hatches um, to go put storage underneath. Um, Because everyone really seems to be concerned about, oh my God, where are you going to fit everything? Um, Commenting on my Facebook page and all that. So, you know, I I just want to let everyone know I'm good. I have a plan. Um, All my recovery gear, which just typically I keep it under my front driver's seat and my passenger seat. That's just typical for me. Everything fits under there that I need, that you would need in an instant. And of course, now I have a winch. Um, so my recovery gear is set. Um, I have that platform, which I can keep stuff underneath that. I'm hoping to keep my, um, high lift jack underneath that. And I got, like I showed my twin foam mattress. Yes, it's going to take up my whole back seat, but I'll be fine. I can still store other stuff there. And in case you didn't know, I am the first, I did the first ever Jeep mod with a bread knife. And that's my mattress. So there's a video on that on YouTube. You can check it out. Um, And the coolest thing ever is my Molly. You all know how I like my Molly. Um, Platform Solution Shelf. Um, 
and it goes, it hooks on to the roll bars in the back of my Jeep between, it's like between the cargo space and the rear seats. And this thing is amazing. It, it works for the JKs and the JKUs. They have different versions of it. And you guys really should check out this website. It's molly-platform-solutions.com. They have so many awesome storage solutions. Um, the shelf that I bought was $210 and it fits my tool bags and it's going to fit extra blankets and lanterns and just all the stuff that I need. Um, so basically, I just need my bedroom, my recovery, and my my clothing and my, my bathroom. Um, because Neil's Grand Wagoneer, he's going to have the kitchen, which is the stove and the pots and the pans, the sh a shower, which we talked about last week. And I've gotten a lot of comments on that, Josh, where <laughs> everyone was laughing at your idea um, of using it to to get those homeless guys collecting <laughs> money. Mm -hmm. um, Neil has a solar panel, which I'm hoping to do a video about his solar panel and our Costway fridge. A lot of we bought. Uh, it's very, very, very similar to the ARB fridge in this mini build, and it's for a third less. We've been getting lots of criticism because we're not spending thirteen hundred dollars on a fridge. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't I know. realize ARB had that many people out there uh, combing the uh, interwebs. <laughs> I know it's like, oh, you're basically they're telling us we're you know they haven't said we're stupid, but I can read between the. The internet lines, but you know what? The raised middle finger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are we are on a very strict budget, and because gas alone is going to cost a fortune, so you know we bought this. We looked at the reviews, and they are very good. And of course, there's bad reviews for anything, but we bought this Costway fridge. Neil has been running it nonstop, and for a week straight, it just ran off his solar, and um. Hopefully, he'll get to do a video and explain how his solar system, battery system, his electrical system is set up and for this Costway fridge. But we only paid $400 for it. Wow. And, That's still a lot. Right. It is still a lot. It's, you know, these fridges are expensive. But the, you know, um, the ARB fridge is over $1,000. You know, and, it's not too late for ARB to, to jump in there and uh, well, uh, give you guys a really good deal on a refrigerator or perhaps free uh, right. to uh, help go on this uh, this this trip. Hey, well, Tammy, I, a quick, quick question for, for all those uh, gearheads out there who are, you know, interested in the numbers and stuff like that. I know Costway has a number of different models, all the way up to a 105-quart portable um, refrigerator. What size did you guys get? We got the 54 quart, and I want to say it's, um, was it 50, 50 amps, right? Ooh, 50, my goodness. That's 50 a bunch. That's a, good, that's a good draw, yeah. Yeah, so, and he has not drained his battery at all yet. Neil has two. Which it's um, five amps, Tammy, because 50 would be way too much for a solar panel. I right. mean, I think the 50-amp model, if I'm remembering this right, that would be the abusive ex-boyfriend uh, refrigerator. Yeah, you know, Neil <laughs> is going to be so mad at me because he gave me, we were on the phone for like two hours, and he was explaining to me watts and amps and voltage, and I think I just Oh, failed. it's the numbers, Tammy. It's the numbers yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. So, Neil, I, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be in so much trouble. 
I'm going to get it to Barrett. Um, I will. I will have all that information on the, when he cuts the video for the the his solar panel. But he he's amazed by it, and he has run ARB, and he did the 500 Gambler. I think that's what it was called. Gambler 500. Gambler 500. Thank you. I'm oh dyslexic. yeah, I'm a huge and fan. He he had an ARB fridge, and it failed him, and all their food was frozen oh, wow. solid. Yeah. So um, you know it all. You know, it could have been a faulty fridge. It could have just, you know, been a one of once in a kind, once in a blue moon thing. But you know, he had a bad experience with it. So, so, so Tammy, that's fifty watts is 50 what it, watts. what it re- yes. requires for the power. Yes. Twelve volts or twenty-four volts. Uh, yes, and uh, rated at fifty watts. It's uh, thirty-six pounds. My goodness, and it does use R one thirty-four A, which is the same uh, coolant that we use in our AC uh, ACs. Oh, you know, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know if the, how easy it would be to refill those, uh, recharge them, but uh, maybe They're Neil probably would probably sealed. Well, I was going to say maybe Neil would want to uh, uh, get one of those little kits in case you guys have a problem with it, uh, right? Uh, on the road, if it's if it's possible, like like Josh says, it may be sealed. So, um, you know, I'm getting my Jeep ready. I'm excited, but like I said, I'm anxiety ridden, and um, I think we're going to be pretty well prepared, and that's the fun of it too is just the unknown and and having to like adjust your plan and it it doesn't have to be perfect because this is an adventure and you know if we end up in a swamp in mississippi with alligators surrounding us then just don't blindly follow the (laughs) gps tammy i don't want to see you on no i no 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 and you know that's why i got the hard maps because i've i've been researching a lot the GPS isn't always right. And I've learned that from GPS maps. I just went to go pick up my friend's dogs just like two miles up the street. And the GPS sent me the wrong way. And I knew better than to turn where the GPS said because I'm like, no, this doesn't look right. And so, I mean, we'll be fine. Um, I, I may make one suggestion and that would be to take pictures of your maps, lay them out, make oh, yeah. sure there's no glare and take really good straight on not at an angle straight dead nuts uh-huh. on uh, uh, pictures of those maps oh. just in case and That's if they aren't idea. already it might be a worthwhile investment to go have those laminated Man. just yeah, because oh, you, you may Neil be in weather too. you may spill your coffee you may have an accident i mean th- any number of situations and now suddenly the only thing that you have to use as a navigational device to get you where you need to go and through this tat trail is now in pieces or in ruins. So you need to have yourself a backup or some level of protection on something that's so important and rare like that because once you're out there, you're not going to be able to replace those. Yeah. That's a good idea. And, and and Josh, I just had a flashback from what you were just talking about. Uh, reminded me of that three-hour plane trip to California. Dead nuts. Y- y- oh, God. <laughs> I was like, where is he going with what, what did he laminate? I know, I, like, I know. <laughs> I do I don't I don't want to know. Do no. Know. At this point <laughs> Just blow on it. Blow on no, it. Rub it a little okay. bit. It'll be no, all right. No. Put some no, bactine no. on it. So uh, the really, really exciting news is and I'm not really supposed to announce this because it's Well then don't. I'm gonna bleep it. I'm gonna no, bleep no, no. it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I kinda mentioned it last week, so I kinda spilled I'm horrible at keeping secrets. So Neil and I Apparently. we were <laughs> we're gonna do a soft start. Us um Oh no. and we're gonna Never start mind. at the Overland <laughs> Expo East. Oh, 
And you're I starting, got you're starting where credentials, yay! But you know who's gonna be there? Guess who I gonna meet? Richard Simmons. No, <laughs> who was in Africa? Dan, Dan Breck. He's gonna be at the Overland Expo East, and um, oh, I cool. messaged him, and so I'm gonna be able to hook up, and we'll have selfies. So, nice. and then next Way to is cool. gonna be there, and I'm sure lots of other vendors. So, and I will have. Um, I got my little recorder, my Jeep Talk Show recorder, and I hopefully will have some interviews for the Jeep Talk Show. Oh, well, we want to have, have reports on the road and uh, all the dirt on Neil. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm so sick of Neil. Well, he keeps telling me to I take know. a shower. He, he smells bad, too. I know. <laughs> Neil, 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 Neil. Um, I, I'm hoping if the, um, the coverage is right and I have good data of doing live while i'm on black bear pass i gotta figure out uh, <laughs> a, a, a phone holder so it holds me the right direction instead of what is it yeah it holds me landscape instead of portrait right so warning um, young children should be taken right. out of the room right. during this live video <laughs> yeah, there'll be lots of swear words but if it turns out all right i'll i'll go live and i'm sure oh my god i'll be freaking the f out you should be able Lots to uh, go to your carrier and look at their ca uh, coverage map at least that used to be oh, a thing yeah. years ago and uh and perhaps even get yeah, uh, some information those are so accurate <laughs> well i was gonna say and maybe get some information from folks that have been out there about cell coverage oh, with yeah. your carrier your carrier to find idea. out uh, idea. Time. so i'm sure that would be a, a, you know you guys could all have a maybe it'll be like a a Friday, we could do a drinking game. Every time Jeep Mama swears while she's on the trail, or oh, says, "Oh my God, God are you alcohol sure?" Alcohol poisoning. Because there are some K turns, and I'm like, "What the hell is a K turn?" And then I'm watching, and I'm like, "No effing way!" Yeah, it's like you have to WTF right, turns. <laughs> you have to like go over the ledge. Well, it's all about speed, and you just lift up on the steering wheel there to is, kind of pull the front tires up. There is no such thing as speed on the Black Bear Pass. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, there is. If you take the wrong turn, you speed <laughs> no. up really fast. <laughs> and then, so I'm watching this video of Black Bear Pass fails. And so this person's going down the, the Black Bear Pass, blah, 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 blah. And I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden they show all these Jeeps that are on the trail that have crashed. <laughs> of course. And are stuck in the mountains. It's the heavens telling you, don't go, Tammy. No, don't go. No, I know. Go. God is speaking <laughs> to me. And coming up later in the show, we know it's Nikki G, but what will he come up with now? You just never know. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to hearing more about uh, your preparation to going off, uh, going across the country. And I'm sure it's going to be very interesting for you, Tammy. Thank you. Hey, Geek Talk Show. This one's for Tony. I'll have you know that Tammy told me she was going to run a Slack channel. I had nothing to do with it. I just helped her get it going. So don't go blaming me for stuff. I'd have probably set up an IRC server or something. Anyway, uh, I also want to say thanks for the mention of Jesse Combs. Really sad that she's gone. I'm sure she knew the risks, but it's still a tragedy nonetheless. Glad to hear that she went out doing what she enjoyed, though, I suppose. Thanks for the show, guys. Catch you next time. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, yeah. uh, she knew the risks and she was doing it anyway. Took a lot of courage, a lot of guts. And uh, my God, I mean, it very well could have gone the other way, too. And that was the risk. So, yeah, she'll be missed. All right, guys, you've been hearing about the stickers. And uh, we actually got a, a message today. I think it came straight from our, uh, our app that we have because you can uh, get the Jeep Talk Show app on your uh, iPhone or Android device. And uh, somebody said, hey, 
send me the address for them stickers. So uh, you can do the same thing. All you got to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope and uh, use jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out ways to, uh, to get a hold of us and ask us for that address. Uh, you send in the self-addressed stamped envelope. We stick a couple of stickers in there, maybe a couple of business cards, and uh, get it right back to you pretty damn quick. So uh, all the ones that have come in have been sent out. If you have not seen your... Uh, your sticker, I think there's only one that I sent out within the last couple of days. Everybody else should uh, should have received one. So uh, let's see those uh, sticker pictures. You know, Josh, we were talking about the survey earlier, and you know what? I, was, uh, I have a, a question in there about how much is the show worth to you? And I was really surprised. Uh, one that million dollars. That everybody <laughs> didn't pick. Uh, I, I will pay no price ever. <laughs> or the 25 cents, which was the lowest. It was the majority of the people are picking a dollar uh, an episode. A dollar Wait, so people an are actually putting a value on us? Exactly. No. You're, you're paying these people, the survey, you? <laughs> The survey, of course, is free, and I'm, you know, maybe we should be, be charging for it. But, uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time, and yeah. I hate asking for money but we want to do more for our listeners and 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 more for you guys to get you out to events and we need the help we need the help of our listeners so if you would take the time and go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact you can see right there i think it's on the uh uh the right hand side uh at the very top of the page uh that how you can subscribe actually pay your hard-earned money to help support the show and we'd really appreciate it and and i think it's like um uh, what did we what did we figure josh it's like uh two dollars and ten cents a month or something like that is what it That's works it. Let's, let's just round it it's about two bucks a month for what at least four episodes every month except for february yeah so <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind we'd really appreciate it uh go over there and uh sign up it, it, it's paypal so Credit card, anything you that PayPal will take, uh, uh, you can uh, use, and uh, we really appreciate it. And also, too, I'll just mention, uh, we really appreciate the folks that have already subscribed to the show. You're already helping out, and uh, we really appreciate it. And Nikki G, please, no more fluid samples. <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. The last week I started in on the top eight signs that you might have a brake problem developing or are in the throes of one right now, and you may not even know it. We're going to pick up right where we left off and get into the next most typical sign that you need to give your brakes a little bit of love. This one's pretty obvious and is a clear indication that you have some serious issues going on. It's leaking fluid. If you're experiencing a soft brake pedal where there is not as much resistance in the pedal when depressing it, You need to have a service technician look for fluid leaking from the master cylinder or elsewhere in the brake system. Even a small leak that isn't yet leaving drops in the driveway or the garage can lead to big issues. The master cylinder is the unit that creates the power for your brakes and it has a reservoir just like the one for your wiper fluid that contains brake fluid though. Now when you apply the brakes, this fluid is pushed through a thin set of piping creating hydraulic pressure. Now if fluid is leaking from this system, there may not be enough power to force the brake pads to clamp down enough on the rotors and stop your Jeep in time. And speaking of a spongy or soft brake pedal, if you notice a difference in the resistance in the brake pedal, if it feels softer or if it sinks all the way to the floor mat when you press on it, well, that's a sign that you need immediate brake service. There could be air or moisture even in the brake system, 
or a problem with the master cylinder itself. Generally, in Jeeps with power brakes, the pedal should stop one to one and a half inches from the floor. If you have manual brakes, the pedal should stop more than three inches from the floor. Another sign that you need brake service is when braking, the Jeep will want to pull to one side. This could be caused by a brake hose gone bad or even a caliper problem. One brake caliper may be applying more or even all of the pressure during braking, resulting in unbalanced stopping. This is pretty dangerous. Having the calipers inspected for proper function would be the first step in determining if the problem lies there or somewhere else in the system. Another obvious sign something is wrong is if you ever encounter a burning smell while driving. If you notice a sharp chemical odor, odor after, re, uh, after repeated hard braking on steep roads or trails, this is a sign of overheated brakes or even an overheated clutch. It would be a good idea to pull over real soon in a safe place where fire danger isn't going to be an issue and check your parking brake to make sure it's fully released and allow the brakes to cool off for a little bit. If you don't do this, you risk up heating up the brake fluid to boiling, which could cause brake failure uh, and, well, maybe you even could even cause a fire and, well, you don't want to do that out in the forest. Also, if there's any smoke coming from a wheel, it may be a stuck brake caliper and possibly unsafe to continue driving any further without doing repairs. Although this next one isn't directly related to the brakes themselves, it's related to braking, and it's something you should be aware of. If your Jeep rocks or bounces with sharp braking, it's probably not a brake problem at all, actually. Your shocks just may need to be replaced is all. Not every brake noise or symptom is going to cost you. It could be a harmless squeak from certain types of material and brake pads, there may just be dust or moisture somewhere in the braking system that isn't causing damage, but it's causing a little bit of noise. You may just need to add new brake fluid, bleed the lines, or do a system flush, but you need to be sure no matter what. Brake parts do wear out over time, and brake fluid does not stay good forever. In fact, most vehicle manufacturers recommend a brake fluid flush every 45,000 miles at the most, and some say every three years regardless of how many miles you've driven. Brake fluid is hygroscopic meaning it pulls more moisture from the air around it. Regardless of how tightly you screw the cap on your brake fluid reservoir, some amount of water will eventually seep in. And water is the killer of brake components. Typically, though, a brake fluid flush every 20,000 miles or every two years will keep your brakes feeling like new. Self-diagnosing symptoms or delaying brake service could put you, your passengers, those around you, and the well-being of your Jeep at an unnecessary risk. And like with a lot of automotive issues, if there is a problem, the longer you put it off, the more likely it will cost you more by the time you finally get around to doing something about it. So be vigilant, be aware, and be mindful of what your Jeep is trying to tell you. Yeah, I remember uh, interviewing uh, Black Magic Brakes, uh, and he was actually talking mm -hmm. about the, the changing of the, uh, the brake fluid. I think at the time I uh, had done that interview with him, my brake fluid was 19 years old. So <laughs> good lord! <laughs> yeah, I've had to replace mine a couple of times. I live in a very wet climate, and it just—I mean—the humidity is just ever present. Um, and so, brake fluid does not last very long up here in the Northwest. Now, I've had my Jeep for well, at least about ten years or so, give or take a year or two. And I think I'm on the third, fourth, yeah, fourth um, brake fluid reservoir flush. So it's—I mean, after every couple of years, my brake fluid looks black. And, uh, and I, I can definitely tell that it does not have, uh, the, the, um, uh, the properties that it should have. Uh, so it's, it's definitely something that is an issue up here in the Northwest. Yeah. I need to do that. And, uh, I, I thought this might be a good thing. Um, if you, I think this is really only necessary if maybe you're in the mountains or maybe you're off-roading and you're using a lot of, uh, braking to slow down as when you're going down an incline instead of using, uh, uh, perhaps uh, low on the transfer case and engine uh, braking. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah. You can uh, get one of these uh, IR thermometers that are just really, really cheap. And oh, like the, the laser pointer thermometer yeah, thing, right? In, yeah. Instead of putting your hand on there and burning the hell out of it uh, because you're uh, checking to see how hot the rotors are, you can just uh, IR scan it and see what it's coming up to. And that will be a really good indication of uh, where that smell's coming from. And uh, like what Josh was talking about, pulling over and uh, let the things cool off. And, I, uh, and, and make sure you do it just on a normal drive so you know what temperature is your baseline, and then you'll be able to compare it to it. Although I think if it's 1,000 degrees uh, Celsius, you know it's overheated. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, good <laughs> advice, though, Tony. And, and yeah, just take a trip down to uh, the local grocery store or something like yeah. that. Uh, maybe get on the freeway and take the next exit and come back, uh, something like that, and then measure your, your, your brake uh, temperature, your rotor temperature with the IR thermometer there. It's just a little laser pointer type thing. It looks like a little, uh, you know, pistol grip type thing. You yep. pull the trigger, laser comes out, it measures the surface temperature and sends it back. Um, it will give you a good baseline. And at that point, when you're out on the trails and you do smell something, or uh, maybe you're coming down an unfamiliar hill and you start to smell something, yeah, you pop out. It takes you 10 seconds or less to, to figure out what the temperature is. And, uh, and having that baseline measurement will give you a good indication of where you're at in that temperature spectrum and whether or not you've smoked your brakes. Yeah, you can find hot spots on your engine. There's all kinds of things you can do for it. I think probably the, the, the best thing to do is use it on your spouse and point it at her forehead and go, nope, no life. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say use it on the grill for the barbecue. Uh, yeah, very true. They're, they're, it's, they're like 20 bucks now. So I, Less, I think. You can yeah. get them a Harbor Freight for you know two for a buck or something. Oh, thermostat wars, you know, <laughs> Jeez. Laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk that you'd like addressed or any sort of topic that you'd like for us to cover, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. On the radio. Could you imagine? No, oh, that'd be nice. I guess we could broadcast it on the CB or something. Hey, you well, guys stop jamming the frequency. <laughs> well, if Howard Stern returned my phone calls, might be able to get on satellite radio. <laughs> From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to have uh, Cody on. Now, you know Cody from uh, filling in. Uh, as a co-host for us uh, many times in the past. And he actually used to do a Grand Cherokee segment for us uh, probably over a couple of years ago. Cody was born to a blue-collar family with a humble upbringing. In 2014, and an idea was sparked as if it was sent down from Thor's hammer. I didn't know Thor's hammer did messaging. Oh, that's, that's good. I, I get who you <laughs> like now, Cody. <laughs> that was, that's a whole another story, which I'll share. So, thus, a website was born, trailchasers.net. Since then, the website has grown uh, and more content has been added. Cody realized that people should know they must hear him and his friends talk about, about stuff. 
And now Trey Tracer's podcast has risen from the interwebs as the most badass podcast to ever talk about stuff in the history of stuff being talked about. Yep. If you're not a subscriber to the Trail Chasers podcast, you're not living your life to the fullest. I assure you, water is more refreshing, food will be more satisfying, and sexy time will be <laughs> more sexy. Uh, yeah. All by listening to Trail Chasers podcast. And of course, you can go over to Trail, Trail Chasers podcast at www.trailchaserspodcast.net. Sexier Sexy time, more sexier. Would would you say? Would it be all okay to say this, uh, Cody? That your uh, your show is pre lubed. <laughs> yes, oh, it is. We, no. We, we, no, 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 Cody, don't it's encourage the, him. It's in the form of Coors Light and uh, some kind of IPA because that's what Jose and Jose and Matt drink when they come on the show. So they come to the house, and my wife is gracious enough to stock the fridge for them. So they each get to have some lubrication before we sit down on the microphone. <laughs> Oh, Lord. And batteries are not optional. Diehards are in- encouraged. So, <laughs> as you can tell, this isn't our standard interview because uh, we know Cody. <laughs> in fact, it took us a while just to get to the interview because we were just uh, sitting here uh, talking about oh, all the great places in California to go wheeling at and uh, what to see and uh, uh, what, how do you, what do you feed uh, Navy SEALs when they're training. So, yes. <laughs> oh, just real, real quick. By the way, I'm an Avengers fan now, Cody. You would be so happy, I'm right? So happy. Right? I'm so happy. I, uh, yes. I uh, turn to the other side. Yes, I. Uh, Avengers Endgame is the best movie uh, that has ever been made in the history of movies. And yes. in full disclosure, I bawled like a little girl for three hours <laughs> straight watching the movie. My wife was, we were at the movie theater, and I think my wife was embarrassed, but I could, I was sniveling. I had my face in my hands, just the best movie ever, I've ever seen in my life. Okay, let me just say, I think anybody on, on the earth, everybody on earth has, has seen this, but spoilers ahead. So I thought Tony Stark had a very, very good death. I was not sad for him right. in the least. Maybe his little girl, but you know. I think start, <laughs> Tony Stark's going to come back in the form of an AI. So I think he's going to be around with that little girl for a long time. And that and that was the thing that got me the right up the bat is you know for those of you that don't know I have a three three and a half year old little girl um, and you know I saw that interaction of Tony and Morgan Stark and I was just like my heart immediately sank because I knew something was going to happen. And when you right. look at it from a nerd's perspective, you know I'm a Tony Stark has been Tony Stark and all of those Avengers characters have been part of my life for, you know, uh, 11, 12 years. They've been a huge part of our lives in society. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the end of an era. I'm super excited about the next phase. But uh, and this has been I don't think it's going to be as good. I don't think I don't think they're going to be able to uh, to replace uh, uh, Tony Stark. I mean, uh, what what a great, brilliant asshole that they picked to play the part. (laughs) Okay, so just to clarify, there is a Jeep connection here, people. Um, I uh, Cody interviewed me on one of the first episodes of Trail Chasers, and he started out the podcast by asking me a series of questions. Oh, I remember that. Yes, he asked me if I was um, Marvel or DC, and I'm like uh, 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 um, DC, and he was so disappointed in me. You, you should have said I'm a little ACDC, <laughs> right? Right, because I picked Batman and Superman, and I and I and it has stuck with me all these years that I disappointed Cody because I picked <laughs> the wrong team. So I have I have now turned, and I am uh, you know Marvel all the way. So absolutely. 
Anyway, they, they, did, a, they did a wonderful that. job with those movies. They were just brilliantly done. Um, DC can't touch them. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I just can't say enough, enough good about those movies. And without Tony Stark, uh, the uh, that that series would na- never have made it. Uh, right. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, how many uh, how many midlife uh, uh, heroes are there out there? And, Gee, and mama, you know that there's uh, it, it was it was just brilliant to have him do it. He was actually you know too old for the part, really, uh, but it worked out very well. It so did. on to Jeep stuff, people. Oh, I think people are like <laughs> and <this>. trail chasers <laughs> and Nexon tires. Okay. Yeah, I want to ask you about the the Nexon tires thing. You know, I, I got a I got that invite. Uh, from Don Alexander uh, and Nexon Tires to out the, the California to the Big Bear, and oh, is there a difference between Big Bear and Big Bear Lake, or do people just shorten it to Big Bear? No, there, there's Big Bear City and Big Bear Lake. They're two separate cities. Okay, good. I, I was confused by that because I've heard of Big Bear in the past, and then when I found out I was going to be going to Big Bear Lake, I thought, well, is that the same thing or not? Of course, well, people, a, a Google Map would have answered that for me, but I didn't try that. People usually generalize Big Bear as that whole area of the mountain because there's, you know, there's Arrowhead, there's Big Bear, there's Mount Baldy. There's so each of the mountains get that generalized name. But once you're up on the mountain, there's a there's a delineation between this part of the city is Big Bear. This part of the city is Big Bear Lake. Okay, so when I got that invite to go out there to to Big Bear, I was uh, really excited. And and, and actually one of the first things I did was I sent uh, Cody a message on uh, Facebook chat messenger and said, hey, Cody. (laughs) <laughs> Nixon wants me to go out to this thing and you're over there. Are you going to be over there? And you're going, Oh, you mean the event that I went to about three months ago? <laughs> and I was like, Oh really? <laughs> I didn't even know where you were located, Cody. Uh, I knew it was California, but I didn't know that was, you were anywhere close to that. So uh, a lot of that was a learning experience for me. And now I have a, a better feel for, uh, for that area. And, um, and, and, you know, you had been going out there uh, in the past, I guess you go out there regularly. Yeah, well, so both my I, so I've been wheeling in Big Bear since I was nineteen years old. I mean that that was one of the first places we we took our jeeps when we got them. Um, and with my parents and brother both living up there full time, you know we're up there regularly, and we it's not uncommon to drive up Friday night because it's about an hour and a half from my house to get to my mom and dad's house in Big Bear Lake. And uh, we'll go up Friday night, and then my brother and I wake up Saturday morning and sneak off. <laughs> Sometimes we bring the the families with us. We'll go do a trail or two, and then work our way back to the house for dinner and spend the night and then take, take off on Sunday. Um, you can also do it in the day. We've also gone up there just for day trips, but yeah, I have, I have wheeled quite a bit of that big bear area, uh, for the last 20 some years. So you've been on the John bull trail. Yeah, I have not, I've been on the John bull trail, uh, um, at the beginning and there's a bypass that I've been on, but I have not taken, uh, any of my personal vehicles on John bull. Really? Well, my question was going to be because, you know, that they took us on that with the Nexon tires and the, the Jeeps from the local uh, the, the local place that you could rent them from. Uh, and, and we, you know, we did the John Bull. And that was supposed to be a really big deal. I was told that it was a, a black diamond or double black diamond or something along those lines. And, you know, I, I don't have any rock experience. So that was my first rock experience was Gold Mountain and the John Bull Trail. Um, how, how, maybe you don't know if you haven't had your personal vehicle on there, but how difficult a trail is that? It's it, the reason I haven't had my personal vehicle on there is because it's difficult. <laughs> okay, it's, good. Uh, well, good. It, then, no, then, sir, then it, I have something I can really measure against since I've experienced that and I have a good feel for what, uh, the difficult difficulty is on things, uh, yeah. these type of rock trails. 
And my and my Tacoma is equipped, even though it's only on 33s, it's equipped uh, to where I want to take it on. I try would try to take it on Gen, John Bull. Most of the other vehicles I've had, you know, whether they be on 31s or 33s, they they probably didn't have skid plates or rock sliders or, you know, a winch bumper and, and all that. This, yeah. my Tacoma is fully built up to be able to handle a trail like that. So I definitely want to do it. Um, but, you know, it is, it is definitely something you want to do with someone that's got experience. You want to have a, a full plan for the day. You want to make sure that you've got uh, skid plates and rock sliders and a winch and, you know, a group of people that know how to get out if something goes wrong. Uh, but it is it is a it is a difficult trail. It is um, uh, considered to be to your point black diamond. And if you've if you've been able to wheel that trail, I mean it's that's a significant feather in your cap. Well, I mean keep in mind it the the it was a wonderful TJ that I was driving. It had at least six inches of lift, but perhaps more. And thirty seven uh, uh, inch necks and tires. The Rodian MTX uh, uh, thirty seven inch tires. And I, I saw that there was a, a couple of times when I was watching uh, somebody drive that same TJ up the trail. Uh, that the 37s uh, and the lift really really needed it because it was uh, on on a rock as uh, it was sliding over a rock it was just a huge rock so yeah I yeah. can see how uh, not having enough lift and not uh, having enough tire uh, would make that a, a lot more difficult to trail and of course everything was locked on those things which is another big help but um, from what I heard from everybody else that was on that trip uh, that didn't work for Nexon. Those necks and tires did amazingly well. That little uh, bit of powder that was on the rocks uh, mm-hmm. did not, uh, 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 the necks and tires did not slip on that stuff. I mean, when I took my line, I got to drive down the John Bull. Uh, uh, the Nexon representative uh, got to drive up it. And uh, I had very, I think I had one time when I slipped maybe a uh, half a foot. Uh, it was just very grippy. And I think they had them uh, aired down to like 14 PSI. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was just a wonderful feeling. It was very simple to do. Of course, I had a spotter, and I just had to do what what I was told, uh, which is kind of a problem most of the time. But <laughs> uh, I did that, and uh, as long as I could turn the steering wheel, you know, because sometimes that thing, uh, especially when it's locked in the front, it's hard to turn the steering as much as they want you to. Uh, but it it was it was very very fun. I can see how people get uh, sucked into the rock crawling uh, very easily. Yeah, and uh, I I've been a huge fan of the Nexon tires, and and. So going that my re, I don't say my relationship, my exposure to Nexon tires goes back <laughs> a couple of years. Um, so my brother works at All J Products, which is a Jeep uh, shop up in Big Bear Lake, and they have a good relationship with Don Alexander and the Big Bear Jeep Experience. The Desi from yeah, the Big Bear that's Experience. the one that that's that's where we got the Jeeps from, wasn't it? Correct. So they so Desi from the Jeep Experience has five seven vehicles that he will he will either take you out as a as a guide and drive you or you can rent his jeeps and go wheeling for the day so if you were on a business trip and you flew out to southern california you drive an hour and a half up from ontario you could jump in their jeeps wheel big bear for a couple hours and go home um yeah sweet deal so so quinn the owner of all j products my brother don alexander and desi were all part of the team that uh did the testing for nexon uh, and you've heard this story through Don Alexander, right? So they've they've tested multiple uh, uh, trail uh, treads to get to the point where they picked this one. So from that day, my brother started telling me about Nexon, and he said, "You got to see these tires. Wait till they come out. You got to see these tires." And I got to see a set before they were in production. Thought they were great. 
Um, and if you actually, there's a uh, Nexon Rodian MTX video on YouTube and the Nexon site. And at like three seconds in, there's a guy that drops a jack underneath a, uh, Don Alexander's JK, slides it under and starts jacking up the Jeep. That's my brother. And he's <laughs> he's wearing uh, one of my trail chaser hats. You could see just a streak of orange at like the two, three second mark of the video. Uh-huh. Um, so, so, you know, I've been hearing about that for, for quite a while. Um, I had the opportunity to go up to Big Bear and do the same event that you did. And I got to ride in several of those Jeeps through Cougar Buttes and uh, Gold Mountain and a bunch of other trails up there. And I was sold. I mean, I, you know, you look at people like Don Alexander and Desi uh, from Big Bear Jeep Experience, their livelihood rests on being able to get those vehicles on the trail and off the trail to go the next day. And they're putting their livelihood, uh, they're investing in these tires to, to keep them afloat from as a business perspective. And I think that's a, that's a big uh, endorsement. Um, the, my experience combined with the feedback I've received from people that I respect, uh, led me down the path of, of having more conversations with Nexon about coming on the show as a sponsor. And I'm very, very proud to be associated with Nexon. They've, they've, they're the official sponsor of the show. Matter of fact, our, our first set of stickers just showed up today that has the trail chasers podcast presented by Nexon tire. Um, and we'll be with the next entire group at the, uh, off-road expo in Pomona in, at the end of September. So we'll be set up inside the next booth. So if you guys want to see uh, the guys from the trail chasers podcast, we'll be out there, but you know, these tires perform really well on and off the road. Um, uh, I was saying earlier to the guys, um, how I came from a very uh, aggressive set of all-terrain tires on my Tacoma before I switched over to the mud terrains, uh, from Nexon. And I really did not notice much more of a uh, noise level driving on the freeway from switching from one tire to the mud terrains. Um, so all in all, I've been extremely happy. I love the way they look. I'm loving the way they're performing. We took uh, the three of us who got the Nexons on our trucks, went out and did some pretty pretty aggressive tra- uh, testing at Pilot Rock, Pilot Rock Road, which is a trail here local. Um, we we attempted several paths that, that we would not have attempted before just to see how much further we could go. And it really made me feel like I'm in a point and shoot vehicle now, like with, with the, the configuration of the Tacoma and those tires, uh, there's nothing I can't cha- uh, uh, take on. So that's, that's been my experience with them. Well, I'm afraid I've been spoiled no. because I haven't, you know, I hadn't been on rocks before. Not really, not, especially not ones those size. And the, the way that the, the TJ that I was driving was built, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, from what I understand, those those tires made a huge difference. It was just phenomenal. I was not concerned in the least. It helped that it wasn't my Jeep that I might roll. <laughs> but I was not concerned in the least. It was the, like the easiest thing I've ever done and, and very exciting. Beautiful scenery. It was just the whole thing was enjoyable and, and not concerning to me at all. So I've been spoiled and I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, I, I love my BFGs, but the next set of tires, which I'm going to be getting here fairly soon, is going to be Nexon tires, the, the Rodian MTXs. I'm sorry, Tammy, what were you going to say? Yeah. So, Cody, one thing I noticed when I went from my Sahara to my Rubicon, obviously I had different tires, was the grip, that grip that the Rubicon was getting on those rocks. And you were saying that you noticed a big difference on the trail. What kind of trail were you on? And I mean, what kind of grip did you feel with those tires? Um, so the the first set, of, the first testing we did, the three of us did with our tires, was a soft, 
soft dirt with some rocks um, and sand. Uh, so it's, to, you know, you, there was a section, I actually should uh, publish the video. There's a section that I climb up on a fairly steep incline in loose dirt in a narrow path. And I come around a corner and there's a couple really big rocks and some ruts. So at one point, I'm, I've got one tire in soft sand, another tire on a rock that's got loose sand on top of it. And I was aired down to probably 20 PSI. I wasn't very low. And it did not slip once. Um, wow. And it got, it got me up. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, I told the guys after the fact, like, I went up this path just to see. I was leading the, the pack. And I said, let me see what's up there. And I got up. And I was at a point where I, I was about to make the turn. And I knew as soon as I saw it that there were some of the guys that, with us that didn't have the clearance to make that path. So I told them not to come up. But I was at a point where backing down was going to be even worse. So I just said, I trust my vehicle. I trust these tires. I'm going to keep going. And I picked a line and it just, it crawled over. I got to the very top, the peak of this mountain. And I literally jumped out of my truck, stood on the back of my, my, my uh, deck system in the back of my truck with my arms up in the air, but no one could see me. So I was like, <laughs> I was celebrating all by myself. Uh, but I, it was, it was really impressive. And it, it there's a, I mean, all of us have this, uh, a sense of confidence when we're out there on the trail, right? And, and whether or not you remember if you lubed up those ball joints or did your oil change, that's going to impact your confidence level. You know, if you've got a vehicle that's been maintained and you trust it and you have full faith in the equipment that you have installed, you're going to wheel better. You're going to have more fun. You're going to take more challenges. And that's kind of where I'm at now with these tires is I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with just about anything I can see. And the other thing I was going to ask is, because I do this so much, like my wheels have so much rock rash. I've um, pulled out a, a valve stem. I've scraped my my sidewalls a lot. And that's one of the things you got to be careful when you're rock crawling is not puncturing those sidewalls or messing with those sidewalls. Um, what would you say about the sidewalls on them? You know, it's interesting, and I've had some conversation with Paul, and I, I think he talked about it on the interview when he was on the show. Um, most I, I've wheeled for a long time, and I've had varying levels of tires, everything from the cheapest ones I can get from Walmart to some high-end stuff. And with these tires, if you if I air down to the same um, pressure that I was airing down to before with previous tires, the sidewall does not collapse the way some of the other tires do. And at first I was concerned about that thinking, well, maybe the sidewall's too stiff and it's not going to grip. I, look, I'm no tire scientist. I don't know how they did this, but when that, when you air down that, that sidewall stays stiff enough to keep, to give you the clearance that you need. You know, every time you air down, you lose an inch or two of clearance because your tires, but so that, that it stays a little bit more rigid, but it still has enough uh, flexibility to conform to the rocks as you go over it. And it's, uh, I took a couple pretty gnarly trails that day, um, that were narrow up there at pilot rock road. There's a lot of rutted narrow trails to where you're literally got three inches on either side of your door because that you're in this valley of a, of a dirt trench and the sidewall chewed up that dirt way more than the dirt chewed up the sidewall. That's interesting. Yeah. That's one thing I'm, I like have such an issue with is, is running my wheels or tires against those rocks and 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 i know i had a i had a i won't mention which manufacturer it was but on my tj i had a set of tires that i was really excited about and they were a, a new set of, of of mud terrains 
and I went out wheeling and the, I don't know, maybe two months into having them, we were at Brago Springs and down by San Diego and I punctured a sidewall and I don't know how I didn't hit a rock. I didn't, I wasn't, it was mostly dirt and sand uh, where we were at and I ended up having to plug it. And then when we got back to camp, swap it out. And I, I was kind of bummed about it because, you know, that, that sidewall is an, a really important part of your tire when you're wheeling, when you, when you right. air down, that's, it's vulnerable. And I felt like, oh man, this is, I had never punctured a sidewall in my life with all the wheeling I had done. And I didn't feel like I did anything that would have warranted it. So I was a little bit bummed about that. And uh, I, I ended up su- uh, subsequently not ever buying those tires again. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so uh, let's, let's change gears real quick and talk about uh, chailchasers.net. Yep. Um, the, there was a time, I mean, you, you guys are, you started out with trailchasers.net, uh, primarily doing interviews of the off-road community and, uh, then it stopped for a while. Uh, but it's come back with a vengeance. Can you, can you t- tell the, tell the audience, uh, what happened? Uh, why did you stop? And, uh, I mean, as long as it's nothing uh, like jail time or anything, although that <laughs> might be interesting. It right. would be. No, so I actually, you know, to uh, for everybody out there, I my start in quote unquote podcasting was here on the Jeep Talk Show. They uh, put out a call and said they were looking for someone to do content on the on the Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee, which I happened to own at the time, and I started doing segments. And they were two to seven minute segments about the history of the Grand Cherokee and the upgrades I was doing and the challenges I was having. And that I really, really enjoyed doing that. It was a it was a, and that was part of why I created the trailchasers.net uh, website back in 2014 is because I needed to create an outlet that was based in something I was passionate about. You know, I don't know about all of you, but I'm now 45 years old and into my 40s, I'd been doing the same, basically the same thing for 20 something years in the same industry. And I wasn't necessarily passionate about it. And I wanted something I could do um, that got me excited. So I started doing the segments in the Jeep Talk Show. I decided to start my own show in 2016, and it was primarily a one-on-one interview show, and Tammy was interview number one. She was the first person I interviewed on the show. And I did 24 episodes, 24 consecutive episodes um, in 2016. I, at the end of 2016, I, I started a new job, uh, and then three months after that, I was promoted to a manager's job at that same company. And all of a sudden, I was taking on the Southern California, Las Vegas, and Phoenix territory. So I started doing a significant amount of traveling that I wasn't doing before. And at 42 years old, uh, someone talked me into playing flag football, and I ruptured oh. my heel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So spring of 2016, I, I, you know, my my daughter's. I think she's coming up on two. No, she wasn't even two at that point. Yeah, she was really young. I had a one-year-old daughter. Uh, I had a new job where I was traveling and a ruptured Achilles tendon that required surgery and a lot of recovery and, and physical therapy. So I, I literally just kind of didn't have enough free time and energy to do anything with the the podcast or uh, the website. And it just it it always sat back there and kind of ate at me. And I was I you know I I was going to do something again. I was going to do something again. I just didn't know what it was. And to be honest, I wasn't entirely happy with the one-on-one interview format. Um, not because I didn't enjoy talking to people. That's one of my favorite things, but it, it became, I found that I personally tried to make it to uh, Barbara Walters, 2020, like in-depth detailed interviews, which are great, but that's not necessarily my personality. I I'm way more dorky and, and random and, and, you know, want to have fun. 
And so my brother-in-law had uh, got a Jeep Renegade. And I know you guys hate the Renegade, but I'll put it up against any one of your Jeeps any day, except for Tammy's, I think. I wouldn't, wouldn't take it. But uh, see, Tony, see, no, say, let me tell you something. Uh, Matt, Matt, if you're listening to this, I would put Matt in the renegade up against Tammy only because, because Matt, I'm a wuss. No, no, well, Matt does everything at 11. Like it doesn't, it's either zero or 11. He doesn't, right. if, if he's got to get up a hill, he will get up a hill one way or the other. Uh, but by my point being, so Matt, and I, Matt was doing a lot more off-roading with us. He and I had been doing dirt bikes together and camping and all kinds of stuff. He's, you know, uh, you know, besides being my brother-in-law, he's my best friend. And, uh, so we started talking about the show and what I wanted to do with it. And he started to get excited about it. And so he wanted to come onto the show and that really transformed the show's personality. And it became very much about he and I having, um, the same conversations we would have, uh, at the dinner table or, uh, out on the trail or whatever with the, op- the, uh, the opportunity to interview people from time to time. And so it just, it really, it really started to solidify the, the personality of the show and what, what I wanted it to be from the beginning. And then and not long ago, uh, one of our listeners, we did a, uh, an event, I think it was about a year ago, we did an event up in Big Bear and we invited listeners to join us and we had several people come and one of those listeners was Jose. Uh, we ran into Jose again at like two or three other events and then uh, SEMA last year, Matt couldn't go. Oh, wait, let's, let's, sorry, let me go back a little bit. There was an event that we, Matt and I couldn't go to, but we knew Jose had gone to, and we randomly called him one night and said, Hey, you went to this event, right? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to start recording. Tell me about the event. And he, (laughs) no, seriously, that's, that's exactly how it happened. And on the spot, he just, he, he told us the story about the event. This is what's happened. This is what I saw. This was, so we started calling him Jose man on the streets. And that (laughs) just came man on the streets. So shortly after that, I was going to SEMA and Matt had to drop out uh, because he had gotten a new job. And so I called Jose and I was like, hey, dude, you want to go to you want to go to SEMA with me? And he sure he took a couple of days off and Jose man on the streets and I walked SEMA. And uh, after that, he was just part of the team. And so he'd been coming to a bunch of the events with us. And now he shows up here at the house with Matt every Monday night to do recordings. And it's become the three of us on the show. And um, you know, he brings a, a whole nother level of knowledge and experience to, uh, the show that, you know, between Matt and Jose and I, we've all got a different perspective on things. And, um, you know, it's really evolved into being, you know, kind of mo- more of us just talking about stuff. And we, we go off on tangents and we, we talk about random things that have nothing to do with off road. Uh, but it is, it's authentic conversations about the stuff we talk about. Yeah, that's great. And I'd Tony like to Tony would fit right in. Random. <laughs> and I'd like to like to mention that it's uh this is a big step up too. You didn't just come back. Uh you've uh, added a couple of co-hosts. You guys are going uh doing events. Uh you actually uh, uh you and Matt MC'd an event, I think, uh fairly recently, didn't you? Yeah, we did uh w- so we'd originally attended, there was a, a, a group called Eco Crawl. Uh, you can find them on Instagram and they're, they're putting, they're, they're working on putting on these uh, large Jeep off-road festivals that are family friendly and, and uh, they're coming up with one in October that they want to do. Um, so we had originally just attended the first one and we had our booth set up and, you know, talk to people and uh, there was an MC and you can tell this guy, he was a birthday party DJ. He didn't know anything about off-roading. He, you know, 
So we had kind of one of the marketing people for the event asked us if we'd be interested. And I said, absolutely. And, and of course, it's one of those things. Hey, can you guys MC? Yes. Yes, we can. And we've never done it. We don't know. I was just going to say, you know, you haven't done this before. You're going to go out there and then shoot the shit in front of people. (laughs) That's exactly what I told Matt. Matt We're going to do this. And I was all, dude, we do it every week. Like, look, all I need is a wireless microphone and we're in. And so I I went and got a set of wireless microphones and I took our mixing board and we went to this large equestrian stadium and we, you know, wired everything in. And he and I started, it started off with just he and I, and there was two, um, there's two, like a, a larger equestrian area and a small equestrian area, and the speakers were supposed to be in sync, and it wasn't working. So on day one, <laughs> so on day one, you know, it was a kind of a scramble thing, and Matt and I were the only ones with mics, and then I ended up getting two more mics and giving them to my brother, Casey, and Jose, man on the streets, and said, you guys take that arena, we'll take this arena. And the four of us just emceed the event for the weekend, uh, raffles and making commentary about people. There were people driving around the obstacle course with Dodgers hats, and I was giving them a hard time because <laughs> I hate the Dodgers and Matt's a huge Dodger fan. Yeah. So it, really, it just, I mean, it just became us shooting the crap, you know, How with fun. Japan. It was, be- it was a blast. It was a crap ton of work, but it was a blast. So, and what it, so how ahead. was it received, and were they lying to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we, we got a lot of positive feedback. Uh, I, I think it was received well. Um, you know, if you listen to the show, and it, one of the things we always say, if you listen to the show and you like the conversation, come hang out with us because that is one hundred percent who we are. We don't, you know, we we don't pull punches. We don't script things. It's just kind of off the cuff. We have a topic we want to talk about, and we kind of go with it. So. Mm-hmm. I think people that that were already listening to the show really appreciated it, um, and it really showed us that we have way more capability than we think we do. And I mean, literally two eight ten hour days where we were commenting on everything that was going on. We were doing raffles, we were doing prizes. Hey, don't forget to get you know your hot dog over here at Billy Bob's Hot Dog Shop, and you know uh, that kind of that had so been fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then so we were also emceeing an event. Uh, uh, coming up October 12th down in Rancho Santa Margarita, which is in uh, the south of Orange County. Uh, one of our friends of the show, Rob DeMann, who's got a, a Toyota Tacoma that does a lot of YouTube videos and how-to stuff, he's putting on an event uh, with us at this uh, Santa Margarita uh, Toyota. And even though it's Toyota, if you've got a Jeep, feel free to come out. And we'll be, Matt and I will be, or I'm sorry, Jose and I will be emceeing the whole event because Matt's going to be gone that weekend. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really getting the opportunity. To your point, we came back and, and we've kind of done more than just the uh the podcast we've done the nexon ride and drive we've been sponsored by nexon uh two weeks ago we just had the opportunity to go to jeremy jeremy mcgrath's off-road ranch down in san diego and we got to race uh literally test drive multiple vehicles uh, the new ford ranger the new jeep gladiator a toyota tundra a ford raptor um and an ultra four race car and we, we didn't get to drive the Ultra 4, though. But we got, uh, <laughs> You liar! <laughs> Shoot! We got, we got to take all of those vehicles and drive them on a Pro 2 racetrack to test out the Icon suspension systems. Oh, man. And, wow. Do you, uh, do you ever just stand there and go, why? Why am I doing this? That's the way I was it, when I got invited out to California. He's like, why? Why would they ask me? <laughs> it was stupid. You know, we are all kind of a big deal. It, no, look, it was stupid. It was like, you know, we rolled up and saw all these vehicles and I swear to you, I started giggling like a little kid. It was, <laughs> it was um, 
and we, you know, it was, we got to race these things. And I've got a bunch of the videos posted up on YouTube and on our uh, Instagram pl- uh, page, which is the trail chasers. Um, and you'll see a bunch of that stuff, but, um, I was, so I, I will be honest guys. I, I haven't really been a big fan of the gladiator. Well, first the Fords, like that we have a, like an anti Ford bent on our show, uh, <laughs> uh, just because all three of us have had bad experiences, but that Ford Ranger with the icon system on it was really nice. I was really impressed. And, and if you could buy that Ford Ranger FX4 with the icon system on it, that's a viable off-road vehicle that you should consider if you're a Ford guy. I am not a Ford guy, but I was impressed. Um, the Gladiator. The Gladiator I, is amazing. Well, to, I, to be honest, Tammy, I really wasn't excited about it. I, I, I'm, I'm a Jeep guy. I love Jeeps. It doesn't, even though I've switched to Toyota you know, a couple years ago, that was primarily because I wanted a truck. Um, I kind of felt like the Gladiator... And you guys can send the hate mail to Cody at trailchasers.net. <laughs> okay. I felt like the Gladiator was almost like a um, a novelty. Like they just went, okay, fine. You guys want a truck? Here's a truck bed. Come on, let's go. It's sixty thousand right. dollars, right? And that I was like, man, I just I I just couldn't get excited about it. Um, I will tell you by the end of the and G, and Matt has no affiliation to Jeep. He doesn't care. By the end of the day, neither one of us wanted to get out of the Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it, with the icon suspension, that gladiator was amazing, even better than the Ford Raptor, in my opinion. I'm not a truck person at all. I mean, I, I have no expertise in any of it, but it just felt, I don't know, it just felt so cool and amazing and smooth and I, it, it, I loved it. Plus, it was it was red, Tony. Yes, it was a red. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of, I've heard a lot of uh, good things about the uh, about the Jeep truck. I think it's so. Too, Josh I think it's, just uh, asked me. He said you jumped a Gladiator. Uh, yes, I full on jumped a Gladiator. What? Like yeah, you jumped well, over it, or you like were in the Gladiator well, and jumped it I over was a hill? Driving, and I launched that thing. There's video of it. No um, way! I got to see that. So, so are you making payments, or how how are they handling the damage? So this <laughs> that was the thing. So I I am fully <laughs> sold on Icon suspension because these guys were like, "Hey, come out! We've got this racetrack. We want you to drive our vehicles." Oh, and by the way, here here's the keys. Either drive <laughs> or you can drive. And I'm like, you're you don't know me. You don't know <laughs> the damage I can inflict on anything. Why are you giving me keys to these vehicles? Let's go. And we just, and there were, there's a, there's one of the clips in the video, uh, where my brother's driving, I think it was the Raptor and one of the icon employees is with us. And he's like, you can go faster you can go a little faster. And we, we jumped a, a Raptor. We jumped the gladiator. We, uh, none oh of us got God. to drive the Ranger. Um, but it was, so, you know, the Ford Raptor is really blown up at least here in Southern California as a, an off-road powerhouse in the market. And it is a, it's a great truck, even though I'm not a Ford guy, but what we found was that Ford Raptor didn't quite have what I consider the, the, the power really to, to push around. L- let me, let me finish though, before, before anybody starts bashing me in that short track experience where you're punching it, jumping, and then diving into a turn and then going over some moguls and then diving into a turn Like I didn't feel like when you slammed the pedal that the Raptor responded and it wasn't nimble going into the the corners. And that may be because I don't know how to drive it because I'm not familiar with it or whatever. But the Gladiator had a much better power to weight ratio and it was super nimble. Like you you would and you cranked it. That back end whipped around the way you would expect a truck to do. 
Um, so when we talked about the event on our show, we said, you know, if you had a thousand miles of flat open desert that you needed to cross, man, that Raptor is probably amazing and you probably can't beat it. But most of us don't have that. Most of us have a combination of tight trails, rocks, maybe some flat open desert or sand. And I really feel like that gladiator with the icon suspension would be the, uh, the Swiss army knife off road. And if I had $60,000, uh, I would probably be looking at one right now. Yeah, if I had sixty thousand dollars, I would invest it and uh, rent a, a Gladiator for a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Hey, well, Pat, <laughs> my co-host drives a, a two thousand eighteen uh, Nissan Frontier Pro Four X, and you know we call uh, one of our guests calls his Frontier the Unicorn because not many people have them, and um, he his two thousand eighteen with half the miles on it costs less than my 2013 with 60,000 miles on it. And you know, you think, well, that's crazy. And that little Nissan does phenomenal. Like part of it's because Matt's a madman and he'll, he'll, he'll drag it over an obstacle if he has to, but that truck has been able to keep up in stock form with us the entire time. Uh, so we joke around about the gladiator and say, you could buy two Nissan frontiers for the amount that you spend on the gladiator. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not right. I mean, it's not wrong. It's, it's, it's a, it's a odd vehicle. Most people don't drive them you don't see them a lot on the trail, but I'll tell you after seeing what Matt's done with his, um, it's definitely a viable option. Well, you make a good point. Uh, the, whatever vehicle you have, it's, it's very important. The driver of that vehicle makes the, makes the really a lot of the difference. And of course the tires do too. And we were talking earlier about, uh, uh, your involvement with uh, with Nexon and uh, the sponsorship, but you also have a little thing going on uh, on TrailChasers.net about uh, a tire giveaway, don't you? I Correct. was just going to ask about that. Yeah, we are giving away. So part of the way to celebrate our sponsorship with Nexon is we are giving us away a set of Rodian MTXs, and you can enter by going to at the Trail Chasers on Instagram. We've got a post on there called Tire Giveaway. It's about uh, a couple rows down, um, and you uh, like. The, the post, follow us and Nexon and tag three people and uh, you will be able to get entered into the show, into the event, I mean, a um, contest. And that contest, we're going to announce the winner next, well, now that I think about it, we're going to announce the winner next Thursday. So the contest will be over by the end of this week, I think. Uh, so get in there now and enter. And it's it's legit. It's full on. We're gonna, going to take all of the entries. You can enter as many times as you want. All of the entries will be listed on a sheet and we will randomly pick one. Um, we've got a, a second prize place where we think we're going to have VIP passes to the Lucas Off-Road Expo in Pomona. Uh, and third place will be some uh, Trail Chaser shirt, hat, swag, some Nexon swag all shipped out to you. And if you win, if you're not, if you're local here in Southern California, we'll deliver the tires for you. If you're uh, outside of California area, uh, Nexon will ship them to a, a shop of your choosing to get installed. So now, uh, what size tires are these? Uh, you pick uh, the whatever size you need up to whatever's available in the Nexon Rodian MTX. You can pick the size. We have it. We purposely didn't predetermine the size because. If someone's out there wheeling on 31s, they should be able to experience these tires as well. Um, they go up to 37s. Uh, so, you know, any combination of tire that fits your rig that is available in the Rodian MTX is available. Yeah, that's great. And and people will wonder that. Well, should I? I mean, what size are available? I mean, am I going to have to get 37s and use them as bing bag chairs in my apartment or, you know, because they won't fit my rig? So uh, pretty, any size that you guys like. So they just go to your Instagram account, which is at Trail Chasers. 
the Trail Chasers at the Trail Chasers at the Trail Chasers, and yeah. uh, go over there and uh, you uh, you say you tag three people and you get entered in. Correct, correct. Um, okay. And this is they've got thirty five sizes. They go all the way from fifteen inch wheels to twenty two inch wheels. They've got uh, thirty. Looks like a, a P265, 7516, which is probably around a 30-inch wheel all the way up to 37. So for most of the people that listen to this show, if you're if you're driving a Jeep, you, there's probably a set of tires here, a set, a set that fits your vehicle. So, Cody, we've already found out about your Instagram account. Is there other ways that uh, people can follow along the Trail Chasers besides just subscribing to the podcast? Yeah. So subscribe to the podcast. We uh, You can find us on our website at... Uh, uh, trailchasers.net. We have actually have a, a registration there where you can sign up for our newsletter and we post some information. Um, I'm, I'm actually tonight working on a newsletter. I was featured in a blog called The Engine Block. Uh, it's uh, put out by Keystone Automotive. Um, they reached out to me and I was I got quoted in a couple different articles that they've recently p- uh, posted up. So I was going to send that newsletter out to the listeners. Uh, so you can sign up to get that information. We are on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll com- be completely honest, I don't do much on Facebook and Twitter. All of everything I do is on Instagram, and that automatically populates our Facebook and Twitter pages. But we do have some people that interact with us on the Facebook page, uh, which is at the tra- is Trail Chasers. Um, so you can follow just about any, if you search Trail Chasers on any of the uh, social media platforms, you'll find us. Excellent. Well, Cody, it sounds like a, a huge win for you uh, yep, and, and, and Matt. I'm glad that you guys are so involved, and it's the passion. You can tell that you have this passion, and you is the reason why you've uh, really embraced this uh, this off road life. I mean, you were doing it in, in real life before, and then you just brought the podcast along. So I, I uh, wish you a lot more luck. Uh, we always enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, doing your contributor segments, uh, you're uh, you're funny. You're uh, you, you you don't stumble for words, which is a really big deal for a podcast. So uh, much continued luck with your uh, Trail Chasers podcast. I appreciate it, Tony, and thanks to you guys for you know giving me really the the foot in the butt that got me started doing this kind of stuff and the confidence that that I could. So I mean, uh, you guys have been fantastic and always been supportive, and uh, the four by four radio network team and. Everybody involved has been great. We love doing this. We're, you know, going to be doing it for the long foreseeable future. So if you guys are interested in some couple of dudes talking about random aliens and conspiracy <laughs> theories and some code stuff, uh, look us up. Okay. I don't know if I should thank Cody or fire the personnel that thought it was a good idea to let him back on the show. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> we love Cody and wish him and the Trail Chasers podcast all the success they can handle. Hey, and don't forget to get in on their next entire giveaway. Cody gave you instructions, so be sure to follow those and get in on the action. Do you have an idea for a guest, or do you work in the off-road industry, or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your Jeep story. Everybody's got one to tell. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well, could be you. You know, in talking with Cody and uh, going through the whole uh, process of him being uh, on our show and then starting his own podcast, it uh, it reminded me of something. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about us talked about this before. We had uh, Eric uh, from uh, Podcast Talent Coach come on and actually review the show and help us change a few things around. If you're interested in doing a podcast, or maybe you're doing a podcast and you'd like some help, go over to the Podcast Talent Coach. And uh, contact Eric. Make sure you tell him that the Jeep Talk Show sent you and uh, ask him for some help. You would be really happy. Uh, He gives you a full one-hour session for free. And there's no hard sell on it at all. 
go over there and let him uh, give you some help with your podcast. Hey, coming up next week, Brad from Trail Recon. This is going to be Brad's second interview with us, and it's it's really important because he bought a brand new red, of course, Jeep truck, and he's got this well, thing no accounting for outfitted. Yeah, no <laughs> He's got this thing outfitted. It's a Rubicon too, Tammy. Uh, he's got this thing outfitted for uh overlanding and oh, uh, nice and, and i've watched one of his videos where he was talking about it i tell you what they put a lot of subtle nuances inside the jeep truck and yeah. well just listen and you'll be uh, i think you'll be as, as taken with the jeep truck uh after this interview as i was watching his video from the mind of Nikki g hey this is Nikki g and uh I'd like to congratulate Tammy on her trans-American thing that she's doing, and I uh, wish uh, her luck on her journey. What? What's that? She's driving across America? Oh, I get it. Trans-American trail. I, I get it. Now it's making more sense. I guess me and Tony have been drinking from the same well. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Trans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now let's get to some events from around the world, maybe even in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or involved with or are volunteering in. Uh, anything that you are know about an event, by all means, let us know. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our wheeling wear form. The information comes straight to us. We'll get it out to the masses. Coming up October 12th is the second annual 4X4 Hope Charity Event. Now, this one is a uh, this one's a really important event benefiting the ROSE, the Breast Cancer Treatment Awareness and Research uh, Organization. This event is for the entire 4x4 community to come together and raise money for an amazing cause. 100% of all donations go to the ROSE. They offer outdoor entertainment and an amazing raffle at this event. Um, happening October 12th at Three Acres Food Truck Park in Santa Fe, Texas. We also have, coming up October 5th, a little bit before that, the Tri-County Four-Wheelers presenting their annual Sand Drags. This is going to be a really cool one. This is definitely one of those off-road motorsports events uh, happening in Libson, Ohio. Again, October 5th, some Sand Drags going on, presented by Tri-County Four-Wheelers. For more information, more events, and links, please visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. Did you say Libson? Because I heard Libson. I did say Libson. Is, oh, that, is that how you Lisbon. pronounce it? Is that, it's oh, okay. Lisbon. I was going, wow. <laughs> so, so there's a city named after the people we use to publish the podcast. <laughs> you know, I no, hear I, I, I had, all the time on the podcast, so I would like to think anything of it. And I, I thought that too. I'm, I'm half Lisdexic, so I, I, I saw <laughs> Libson when I, when I was typing this into the show notes uh, earlier today. And, and so and that was just stuck in my head. <laughs> it is Lisbon, Ohio. Not Libsyn. People are out there on their GPS. God damn it! It won't take <laughs> Libsyn. It yeah, keeps taking right? me to a podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I thought I thought that same thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's the same hosting uh, body that uh, takes care of us. Uh, it's like, that's nope, no, that's I was reading that wrong. So. <laughs> Lisbon, Oopsie Ohio. Daisy. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Please consider telling a friend, or better yet, tell all your friends about the Jeep Talk Show. It's as easy as sharing our Facebook posts. Wait, hold on a minute. I'm just getting this in. Breaking news. You haven't liked us on Facebook yet? 
<laughs> no, we need to fix that. Just go to Facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show right now. Like and share, and, well, we'll the rest will happen organically. Oh, and we love hearing from you on our posts. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep Podcast. Real Jeepers chew dried RTV is bubblegum. Are you a real Jeeper? Hell no. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. No. It's got some of that wow. nasty dip fluid on it, too. Man, that is bad stuff. Huey. Podcasting since 2010.